Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to another amazing and great episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Uh, today, we're actually going to be talking about one of the most essential parts about being a pilot. And that's using a checklist. Um, I know it's one of those things that as you uh, become an, an older pilot, you start to use less and less of. But today we're going to talk to you about why you really shouldn't do that. Um, use that checklist. It's there for a reason. And there's a reason why the manufacturer put it in your POH. So it's something your CFI is going to tell you to do constantly during training. And hopefully you will still use it after just as much as you are using it prior. One of the things that my, my CFI had gone over with me right before my check ride was you need to use your checklist. Uh, even at the end of your training, you, you still don't know everything. You know, you're getting your private pilot license. That's your license to learn. And not using your checklist on check ride is actually so severe that DPs can instantly give you a disapproval for it. Uh, it was actually a big thing that was happening right around the time my check ride was that that is like a big push from the FAA and from the FISDO and Riverside and for all DPs to give disapprovals if they're not using their checklist. So today we kind of want to go over why they're so important. And first off, the primary function of having that, that checklist as a pilot is to ensure consistency and standardization. So really make sure you just follow the same procedure every time. It also serves as a good memory aid because you know, our memory is never going to be perfect. And no matter how often you fly, you can always forget something. And you're going to have a huge load on you when you're flying an airplane. Um, maybe you're not flying a trainer all the time, or maybe you're brand new and having that trainer is still a huge load on you. But when you get to bigger airplanes or more complex airplanes, there's more things going on. And having a checklist serves to take some of that off of you so you're not struggling to remember everything you're doing. Another big thing is having the emergency procedures and our emergency checklist. The last thing you want to do when you're in an emergency situation is try and figure out what you're supposed to be doing with the airplane. So the common things like an engine fire, engine failure, all of those um, you know, system failures are all going to be on an emergency checklist. So you run through those steps first before you do anything else. And that's for a reason. Uh, people have already gone through it for you. So take a, take a lesson from someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, on checklist, there's some memory items that you can remember on checklists. For example, on your multi-engine checklist, some people use CP dive. Um, I just say control, power, drag, identify, verify, fix, or feather. And I tell everybody the speed at which I say that is the speed in which you should do it. So control the airplane, push all the power in, control, power, drag, all the drag out, uh, identify, well, which engine's dead? Verify. Let's verify. We've, we're going to turn off the correct engine and then we can either fix or we can feather it. Right. And it should be done in that sequence. And then as soon as you're done with that and you have the airplane under control, then pull out that emergency checklist and start talking uh, out loud. Hey, did I actually do all the things? Now, what can I do to either reboot my engine, restart it, or do something else? Uh, land, for instance. Uh, but you should, there's sometimes there's going to be memory items. But for a lot of things, I mean, climbs, cruise, descents, uh, landing checklists, all these things are, are checklists that you should be using all the time. Yeah, um, I, I can't tell you how many times I, when I was doing my, my private pilot training, I was just flying, I was taking off, uh, I'd go through my checklist, of course, and then I would get into, for, go from, uh, from climb to cruise, and I'd forget to lean the mixture. That was always my, my big thing. I would always forget that until I pulled out the checklist and ran through it. 
And every time I had to lean out the mixture because I saw it on the checklist. Um, but that's just, you know, a pretty minor thing to have caught. But Brandon, have you caught it or anything that you wouldn't have without a checklist? Um, a whole lot of things. Um, so yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody gets complacent and I'm no different than that. Um, I get complacent sometimes. And I'll tell you this, if you're flying an airplane with track retractable landing gear, I actually have a rule that every time I make a turn in the pattern, I actually check for gear down. Uh, so I do my, my checklist, um, and I do a mental checklist typically, uh, and then I'll verify with my physical checklist. Uh, but if for some reason I don't do my, my physical checklist, I always do my mental one. I mean, you should do both. Um, but I always will do my mental checklist right. Um, before landing checks, I want to make sure that my, my gear is down, my prop and my mixture all forward. Um, I want to make sure that the airplane is configured for a way that I'm ready for landing. Uh, but there is one time that I checked my gear and I said my gear was down and I said it was down each time I was turning, um, in the pattern. So as soon as I pass the numbers, when I turn base, when I turn final, and I also call it again, short final. And for some reason this day, I did not actually check my gear, even though I said it out loud until I was on short final. Um, and I don't know why, but I'll tell you this, if I wouldn't have been checking it so many times, I don't know if I would have caught it like on that last time, I think there could have been a possibility could have a gear up. And I think that's why there's so many pilots that have gear up landings. Um, and I had a check, I checked it four times, but I didn't actually check it. Right. So one thing I do with a lot of my students is they'll say gear down. I'll be like, okay, well, they just say gear down and they may put it down and they think that it went down, but they may not have three green lights because Brandon might've pulled the circuit breaker <laughs> uh, before landing and I'll let them go. I won't let, let them go too close to the runway when there's no gear down because it scares people on the ground. <laughs> um, and I don't need them to accidentally do a gear up landing either, but I'll let them go to, I don't know, 500 feet above the ground uh, before I'll say, do you have three green? Uh, and then they'll look down and be like, no, I don't have three green. And I think I did that to you, Carson, one day. Did I do that to you? You did. Um, I, I noticed quicker than 500 feet, though. Uh, you can give me that credit. Thank goodness. Um, but you did. Yeah, you have done that to me. And uh, something I learned from that is that no plane is going to fly so fast and things are not going to go so fast that you can't afford to give it five to 10 seconds of looking at the gear light to make sure all three green pop up. And now every time I'm doing that, every time I'm flying, I, I put the gear down and I just I even cover it with if it's too too sunny outside so I can see the light perfectly. Um, and just and watch the gear. You can feel it and you know feel your undercarriage when the gear pops out and locks, but it's never going to happen so quickly or so slowly that you, you can't afford to give it five or 10 seconds to watch the gear come down. Exactly. I mean, you really need to check with your checklist. So I pulled up uh, a 172 checklist just in front of me real quick, and it has different sections, pre-flight briefing, passenger briefing, before engine start, taxi, before takeoff, normal takeoff, short field takeoff uh, or soft field, descent, before landing, go around, normal landing, short field landing, and after landing. Those are all the basic elements of a checklist, right? And each one of them are there for a big, big reason. So I'm going to go through those reasons real quick. Um, Pre-flight inspection. Obviously, you want to find out if you should ever even turn on the engine. Like, do I even have my aero documents? Do I have those airworthy documents with me? Can I go fly legally today? Like, that's a big one. Checking the fuel, checking the lights, 
all sorts of things. You know, a big thing that I've heard of um, lately, especially at Redlands Airport, believe it or not, is that birds are just setting up nests in the uh, under the engine cowling. So that that's actually one that should be caught before you check. Um, when you're checking the oil, checking under your cowling. Uh, that, that's just a, a really weird thing that most people won't think of is something might be under your cowling that shouldn't be there. Absolutely. I mean, we don't get that many bird nests around here in Southern California, but it, it does happen. And the birds can build a nest really, really quickly. So you really need to make sure you check that, that pre-flight checklist and do it well. The next one on there is passenger briefing. And this isn't on everybody's checklist. I don't think it's on any POH's checklist. It's normally something that you just add. And I think this one is one of the most important ones, especially if you have a passenger with you. And we've talked about flying with a passenger, um, but I'm just going to reiterate some of these items that you should really be talking about during your passenger briefing. Um, and that is flight controls. You need to make sure that that your passenger, whoever's flying with you, knows what flight controls are, what not to touch, <laughs> and what they can touch and how to touch them. So that's usually with positive exchange of controls, my controls, your controls, my controls, and my students get annoyed by me when I, when I do it, actually, like yesterday, I was telling my student, we were flying an IFR flight and I said, my controls. And he never gave it to me. I said, my controls. And he let go. And I said, my controls. And he said, oh, your controls, your controls, your controls. I said, okay, thank you. And then I said, your controls uh, back to him. And he didn't say my controls again. And it was like this, I'm just trying to hit you so hard with saying it so many times, it's going to be second nature to you. And it is usually so. Um, the next thing is emergency equipment. Hey, where's that fire extinguisher at? Where can you tell your passenger to grab that fire extinguisher? How do you use a door and a seatbelt? They may sound stupid and easy to you, but guess what? It might not be stupid and easy to somebody who's never done it before. So make sure you explain how to use them, especially a door. I, most people don't even know how to open up a door on a Tesla. So how do you think somebody's going to do it on an airplane, right? People don't know where that little button is on the Tesla. You press it and it pops open. It just doesn't happen, right? Or you get to a Cherokee with a window latch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't know how to latch the window, whatever it may be. And the last one is sterile cockpit. Just telling everybody when to shut up in an airplane. Sometimes that's really important too, especially when you're landing or controllers are trying to talk. I actually teach them um, a hand signal, believe it or not. I put my hand up like a big, um, like a high five. And a, that just means like, please stop talking. And I show them what that hand signal means. So um, it's really kind of an interesting thing to do. I've actually, you know, I've flown with Maddie a few times and, and she's, she pays attention. Um, so I've actually gotten her to the point where when we're taking off or pulling onto the runway or, or we're about to land, she's okay. I got it. Quiet time. She, she just knows she's like, quiet time. She's yeah, that's good. So I, th I think it's As she I think something all passengers should know, um, especially flying with someone frequently is just really the passenger briefing doesn't go away no matter how often you're flying with somebody. Definitely. And some other big ones, I'm not going to go through every single item on here uh, because I, I want to respect everyone's time on this episode. We try to keep them between 15 and 30 minutes, usually around 20, of course, um, just so we can listen to them on the way to work or whatnot. But there's some big ones. Um, a descent checklist uh, is, is pretty big or even the climb checklist. You might not have enough power to climb if you don't lean that engine. Um, you might not be getting the RPM that you should be getting. I mean, you could be getting three, four, 500 RPM additionally, if you lean that airplane on your climb. So that's really important. Um, the descent checklist, I would say is just as equally as important. If you have that mixture leaned way out to, I don't know, lean of peak and you start descending, that engine's going to start coughing at some point, especially if you leaned it at 12,000 feet and you're now down to about 3000, it might quit. 
so you need to make sure that you're doing that descent checklist. It's more important than you think, right? And then I kind of briefly touched on it before, but the Gumps checklist, and we actually have it as Gumps listed on here, um, but it's gas on the fullest, uh, fullest tank, uh, undercarriage down and locked or down and welded <laughs> for a 172. Mixture is M, mixture full rich, so push that mixture all the way in. Uh, P is props or propellers, make sure they're full forward slowly so you don't overspeed a propeller. It's very common with a lot of people, they overspeed propellers, you don't need to do it. And then S, everybody has something different for S, but um, I say safety belts and switches. So fuel pumps if it needs it, um, seat belts on, and any lights that you may need, so switches. So that's how I do my gumps check. And then obviously, um, I just reiterate on this particular checklist, I created it a long time ago, um, I put mixture rich again. In case somebody forgets what gums means, hey, don't forget the mixture. Obviously, that's really important. We don't want to uh, land with our mixture super lean and have the engine cut out when we pull our power. That's not going to be a good thing, right? And then carburetor heat as required or as needed. Um, and obviously, whatever checklist you're using, make sure it coincides with your POH. Your POH is really the law, and that's what you should be looking at. Uh, but a lot of people have new checklists that they use and, and you can even buy some pre-made checklists online. Um, I think it's called checkmate checklist and they make great checklists. They're like one page plastic sheets. You can get them from aircraft spruce or sporties or, uh, different places like that. So obviously we're talking about checklists for a reason because they are important. And I'm mentioning a few things that can kill you, not putting your gear down, not leaning or enriching your mixture. Um, those are big things that are on your checklist for a reason. And sometimes you might miss them. Uh, make sure that you're not missing these things. You really have to think about it. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. And you know, once you're going through it, these, these items are, are essential to remember, but you can't trust your memory. Uh, but Brandon, you know, we, we used a lot of different types of checklists. We talked about a couple of them. Um, what kind of checklist did they use when you went through that simulator training? I'm assuming it's not just uh, the normal checklist that we're using now. No, it is. It is a normal checklist. He's talking about my ATP CTP training. Um, and basically it was like a book of checklist. That's all they, they did. So they just gave you a checklist with, it's the same exact thing. It's, a, it's just bigger checklist, longer checklist. And um, you have, do you call it, you do checklist call outs also. Um, so it's more crew resource management. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah. I was just, I was just wondering about that, but we talked about how important checklists are. But why do pilots stop using checklists if they're so important? I know you, you said that you get complacent and that happens, but why do people stop using them? Uh, that's a good question. I think people get lazy. <laughs> I think that's overwhelmingly the answer. I think people just get lazy and they just stop wanting to do something. They're like, eh, I know how to do it. Yeah, I had gas in my airplane before I, last time I flew. Nothing's changed, obviously. It's been in my hangar, right? I don't need to go check my fuel again. Guess what? idiot. You had your fuel drip out and you didn't even notice, right? Uh, <laughs> or, Hey, there got moist. There was moisture inside the wing now for some reason, because ambient air, air had moisture in it. And now I have water in my fuel and you don't notice until you're right before takeoff. Like there's little things that can happen. So don't get complacent. Don't be dumb. Um, use your checklist, but people definitely get lazy, like very, very lazy. And I'm just talking about pre-flight stuff, like checking fuel. That's easy. That's dumb. How about checking a fuel cap? Um, there's a guy we know. We call him Mike Check. And we call him Mike Check because for some reason, he's lost the fuel cap. And then he did it again last week. He's lost two fuel caps 
And I don't know how he's done it, but he's lost two dual caps. He did it again last week? Last week, yes. Oh, man. We call him Mike Check for a reason. And uh, I can't believe he did it twice. Twice. Someone, had, someone hasn't called him Mike Check recently then. That's for sure. I did the moment after that. And I told everybody else to start calling him Mike Check again. <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll save money on fuel caps in the long run. I know. He's he's a great pilot, great CFI. But for some reason, fuel caps are his like, nemesis. I don't know why. <laughs> but he should be... Actually, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Number three on left wing fuel filler cap secure it's on the checklist i know for a fact top of the checklist it's on the checklist a few times actually so but uh but yeah so i think pilots just get really lazy uh, about checklist i mean who wants to read hey number one fuel sample obtain and check number two fuel quantity check visually number three fuel filler cap secure i mean that gets repetitive and it feels like it takes forever it doesn't though. It only takes a couple minutes, um, a couple minutes to save your own life or save your family's life. It's worth it. Just use your checklist. Stop being lazy and thinking, oh, I've, I've done this, this pre-flight a million times. I know exactly where to look. Well, guess what? You forgot the one thing that now hurt you and your family today because you didn't double check. So go use your checklist. Go use your run-up checklist. Hey, make sure that things are working on your airplane. Uh, you don't, you don't want to be that silly person in a ditch or in a field all because you ran out of fuel or uh, you forgot to do one of the things that were easily found on one of your checklists. By the way, most, most pilot crashes or aviation incidents are not due to maintenance. They're due to pilot error, and a lot of it is could have been caught with checklist. Uh, I mean, probably the majority of it. I don't know the exact the exact number, but the majority of it could have been caught with a checklist. Yeah. You know, using a checklist, it can seem like a pain to use, especially if you always use the same plane, you're always flying the same plane, but it really just takes one mistake or one missed item or, or one time that you don't read and use the checklist to show you just how important that checklist is to use. And Brandon mentioned a couple episodes ago, you know, we're not meant to fly. We're, we're in an environment that's constantly trying to kill us. So why wouldn't you try and give yourself the best odds possible? And just take a couple minutes to do so. You know, there's a reason professional pilots use checklists for everything. And it's because humans make mistakes. That's what we do. Absolutely. 100%. And with the, re- with the rise of electronic flight bags like ForeFlight and things like that, there's new checklists that you can use. Um, I know my friend Anthony uh, with his Aerostar, he only uses uh, his electronic checklist. He doesn't use the, the little paper one. He has the paper one in the airplane. Uh, which whenever I'm there, I always use that one because I'm just more used to it. But he he uploaded all of that information on his Aerostar into um, that online checklist through ForeFlight. And he just goes click, 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 click. And it makes it so he never forgets anything. It's really fantastic. Um, I'm going to stick to the old-fashioned paper one. I, for some reason, I like that. I don't know why. Just I don't know, reminiscent of the past, I guess. I also like doing using paper charts to learn to teach people how to uh, do cross countries before I teach them for flight because I think it teaches the basics a little bit more um, and understanding why for flight will give you these calculations. Um, but in general, uh, these checklists can be used kind of in any form. Uh, it doesn't matter if you want to go use an electronic one. doesn't matter if you want to use a paper one. Um, it does sometimes matter if you just want to use a cognitive one, uh, but you should use all three. And don't forget to read up and look up your emergency checklist every once in a while. I make that part of my BFR every time I look at the emergency checklist because I know for a fact these pilots haven't looked at them very often lately. 
So keep in mind, you need to look at your checklist often, make sure you're using them the proper way that they should be used and just look at them more. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. So, well, thank you everybody for listening today. Us ramble on about checklist um, and how important they are, but I hope this uh, kind of got uh, the point through to you, uh, to you, or uh, if you're a flight instructor, please share this with your students. I'm sure they can get a lot out of it and, uh, and hearing, hearing us talk about it rather than their instructor who they hear squawk at them all day long uh, might be a, a bit of a kick in the pants for them to start using a little bit more and a little bit better. So please feel free and share it with them. Um, if you or your students would like to reach out to any of us, uh, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram. You can reach me at Mr. Martini Guy. You can reach Carson at Carson underscore AV17. Uh, you can also reach us via email, Brandon at AviationMentors.com or Carson at AviationMentors.com. And I also want to say thanks to our guest producer today, Natalie. She was our original producer, uh, but Phil's out for a couple days on leave, so he couldn't be here. So Natalie's filling in, and we thank her so much for, uh, for helping out. Yeah, and as a wrap-up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride.